Okay, Offsiders, welcome to episode 7 of Offside Talk. I am your host, Nims, and as always, I'm with my co-host, Fats. How are you going, Fats? Yeah, good, man. How are you? Yeah, pretty good, man. Uh, of course, we have the international fixtures this week, so a boring week in football. Well, not so boring, but boring week for EPL and other leagues. Interesting for the national teams to get started. Uh, before we start the podcast, though, I just want to remind our viewers of the competition we're running, Fats. So we are giving away two copies of FIFA 20 on any console of yes, your choice. Yes, two copies. Uh, one for the tagger and one for his mate, I guess. So how do they win? How are you eligible for this? So they got to like us on Facebook and also tag into the post that the ad's on a player that they can absolutely hammer in that game. So it's as simple as that. And then we'll pick it out next week. Yep. And the post, the comments on Instagram, they're not valid? No, they're not valid. We have seen a high significant amount of likes and comments on that post. So unfortunately, they are invalid. You have to head over to our Facebook page and follow the instructions. That way we can pick out the right winner. Beautiful. So no catches. Uh, guys, just go onto our Facebook page as stated. Like the page. Uh, find our post about the giveaway and comment your friend that you would smash on Facebook. Uh, before we get the show started as well, just some formalities. We've got a guest on our show for the first time, Fats. Uh, with us, we've got Jehun Dogru. Um, Jehun Doru in Turkish. Uh, Jehun has a, a, a past in sports journalism and he's got a different opinion on teams in the EPL and stuff like that. And I thought it would make it an interesting uh, episode. So how you going, JJ? Thank you for having me, guys. I appreciate being here. And um, yeah, can't wait to get into this. Yeah, it's good. It's good to have a different perspective on everything else that we're going to talk about. So let's get straight into it. Yeah, Fats, do you want to start off with one of your questions or you want me to um, go on to one of mine? Oh, yeah, man, I'll kick it off. Um, now, one of the big ones over the transfer period was Alexis Sanchez. He now, he finally got his move to Inter. So my question is... Is he the worst transfer in Premier League history? Now, I'm referring to him being sold from Arsenal to Manchester United here. So, I don't know. The numbers don't add up. But what do you think, JJ? It's a shame that a player with his calibre um, to be playing that bad for a club that big. You know, there was nothing but high expectations uh, when it came to Alexis Sanchez going to Manchester United. And the way he performed, man, it was terrible. It's horrible. And it's such a waste of money. Do you think it was the player or do you think... It was the constant transition of the manager because you had Mourinho and then you had Solskjaer and then it was just poor for, poor performance after one another. So, Well, I think uh, a player like him, he's played for a big club like Barcelona. He's played for Arsenal. You know, um, coaches transitioning shouldn't have been an issue for a professional player with like like Alexis Sanchez, you know. Um, a lot of other clubs have done it. Look at Chelsea. They've gone through coaches left, right and centre and all their big players always stepped up. Fats, if I can uh, add my two cents in as well, man. Uh, look, you see the statistics, as Jay said off air, with, with Arsenal. So I think sometimes a player doesn't fit a team's style of play. You go from performing so well at Arsenal to completely flopping at Man U. Um, and sometimes a move to a completely different league, a fresh start, can be good for a player. So in terms of being the worst transfer, um, yeah, probably a bad transfer for Man U. But I think there's some promise there for him at Inter. Oh, look, he could be very good at Inter. Don't get me wrong there. I mean, he has played in the Italian league before, before he got to Arsenal um, in the transition between Barcelona. So, look, I reckon he's he would be up there. Now, I know a lot of people would say Fernando Torres, for example. But 
with what he left with from Chelsea, wasn't exactly the target man for everything, but he did leave with trophies. He had that one or two goals here and there that, you know, just managed to justify his fifty million pound tag. But Alexis Sanchez, from exactly what you said, Jaun, from what he was at Arsenal compared to what he was at Man U, he was considered the saviour for Old Trafford. He was like a he was like a he was like a Ferrari at Arsenal and a Datsun at Manchester United. I think a broken Datsun. And if you compare you can't compare Fernando Torres' spell at Chelsea to him at Manchester United because regardless of what anyone says, Fernando Torres still performed pretty well for Chelsea and he's and he won trophies. You know what I mean? He delivered what he was what he was meant to deliver. Yeah, exactly. I, I end, agree with you. Yeah. Look, even me as a Chelsea fan, he put in a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, he did go, what was it, fifteen, fourteen games without a goal to justify that price tag that he had but you can see that in his heart 100% he was pushing for he didn't do what Alexis Sanchez did at Arsenal especially towards the end of his little reign which was yeah. smirking when you're down 5-1 at Bayern Munich he was a million dollar bench warmer that's what he was yeah I totally agree with that so it looks like we're almost all on the same page on that so yeah definitely so Amy do you have something for us yeah, Fats, I do. Uh, something that we've um, been talking off air especially with Ohms our host who's overseas uh, a question I want to just throw around at the table. Does Liverpool have a defensive issue? <laughs> Does Liverpool have a defensive issue? Now, I know Holmes is overseas. He's not exactly giving his view yet. So He but can't I, defend himself uh, at the I, moment. <laughs> he can't, exactly. He can't defend himself. But you've got to answer it honestly. I don't think Liverpool have a defensive problem. Okay? You have... You have the Champions League winning defence here. It's as simple as this. Now, whether they're going to fall or flow, every team does. Every, even the World Cup teams do. Brazil's greatest defence ever. They won the World Cup. Still had flow issues. Are they going through a flow issue? Maybe. They might be. But that doesn't necessarily mean, okay, one's out of flow. We need to buy someone. Or two's out of flow. Okay, we need to start replacing this. Oh, we need to start changing. As soon as you start doing that, the team's chemistry is gone. That's so right. for me, I don't think they have a defensive issue. Before we've discussed this on many podcasts as well, if they want to find depth, fair enough. If you want to say, okay, give Alexander-Arnold a break and we've got a hectic youngster in the background ready to come up that we can put there. But, we've, but we've got those players already. More. It's just more along the lines of if we want to start – sorry, I shouldn't say we because I'm not a Liverpool spotter, <laughs> but if you guys want to start competing in, say, six comps and you want to make sure 100%, every player is 100%, Okay, maybe you can find another youngster to take Van Dyke off or yeah, something of like that. But defensive issue, I've got to disagree with OMC. Yeah, well, the thing is, he's he, the problem with him is that we, we let um, strikers go in between us so easy. So our last-ditch uh, defence is always the one that's helping us out. And, um, well, regardless of that, we're still first. We're the Champions League champions. Yeah. You wait for Super Cup champions, you know, I don't see any issue. And the way we play as well, the style that we play, we play, we play off the wings. Alexander-Arnold and Robertson, they're, they're pretty much our our um, imaginary right wing, left wing, um, you know, kickers. And they lob the ball into the middle and that's it. We'll see how we go from there. Yeah, look, I, I don't disagree with you from that angle. I mean... What Omar wants is that uh, we want to play through the middle. That's what his issue is. Yeah, it could be because as soon as you take away 
your right wings, okay? Which is effectively, like you said, it can be tri- um, Alexander Arnold or we, it can be yeah, Robertson. We, we talked about this last week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As soon as you take it off, what happens? You're going to have Henderson and Salah. That's it. You're not going to have the overlapping run that Henderson maybe can keep up with with Salah. Yeah, and for example, in the Super Cup final, as I pointed out while we're watching the game, you Chelsea was putting two or three players on Mo Salah and you've got the right wing completely closed off. When you've got Arnold overlapping... It's like two people that you now have to look out for. Not only that, and then you still got to look out for Henderson who can smack him from the 18-yard box. That's right. So you don't have those runs. Those three players that are marking Salah, one moves off to Henderson, which isn't, like I said, the fastest player in the world at the moment. But give him the ball, he's got creativity, and he knows where to put it. Yeah. Especially if you give it backwards and you're going to go and give it to say Arnold that's overlapping Salah or Salah who moves more out to the 18-yard box. So, yeah, I stand by. I don't think there's, there's, there's a defensive issue. If you want defensive reinforcements, go for gold. There's no harm in having three um, three players for the same position. Why? It's going to make more competitiveness and you're going to have everyone fit. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think this is something that, sorry, Ohms, we're sort of grilling you here, but he's, he's made comments this week about Mariano for Galatasaray doing like similar thing that he doesn't drop back, you know. But I think football evolves so fast, and I think the right wing back position at the moment is like a go to position. You see a lot of teams doing this. Um, it's just evolving, and sometimes those right wing backs aren't going to come back because. That's what the centre-backs and the centre-defensive midfields are for. Yeah, exactly. Totally agree. Um, i got one for you guys. Now, you, you guys are both Liverpool supporters here. Yeah. Now, I'm going to ask a question that sort of might reflect on last season as well. Now, Liverpool last season had one defeat. Can Liverpool go undefeated this year? No. No? Why? They will still win the comp. Do you reckon that you'll lose more games this year than you would last year? No, I reckon we'll lose one again. It will be at Man-, Man City's home ground again. Man City's home ground. Look, Man City is showing... But their- I hope not. I, I, I still have confidence in my team to go undefeated, to be honest. Look, it, it is. it would be something heavily talked about considering Liverpool hasn't won the Premier League in 30 years. And imagine after 30 years Rub winning it, it undefeated. Rub it in. Rub it in. <laughs> I don't think anyone in the football world will ever forget Liverpool haven't won it for 30 years, but coming back and imagine winning it undefeated, I think that would be a heavy statement, especially Champions League's winners the year beforehand. Oh, definitely. But it's it's a long season, Fats. And, you know, we, we see this with Man City. We've talked about how much depth they have in their squad, but one or two injuries can really throw your team off. So when you're playing in, you know, Champions League, you're playing international fixtures, you're playing... Um, you've got players the calibre that Liverpool has in them. Um, look, we can all want to go undefeated. We've certainly shown that we can come close like we did last season, but we can't predict the unpredicted. So um, if everything goes right, we've got the players to go and do it. Um, but a premiership would be good enough for me, in my opinion. And, and another thing is, like, when we lost the Champions League against Real Madrid... That made us so much more hungrier to win it the next season. So we made it our goal, our ultimate goal to win it. So what makes this year any different when it comes to the Premier League? Well, you guys did very well, especially when, like you just said, you guys lost the Champions League to Real Madrid. Klopp knew exactly what to do, which was, okay, I need a keeper. Okay, my keeper cost me. I need one. When I got Allison, what a keeper he's turned out to be. Oh, excellent keeper. I, I got Van Dyke, and he, he knew that one more season with Van Dyke, he's going to center himself into that position. So 
For me, look, going undefeated, like Nims, like you said, it is early. You are showing signs, especially since last year, you were one loss. One loss and finished second in a miraculous... It was a two-horse race till, all, till the end. So um, I can see them doing it, but any game can happen. Anything can happen. Red cards and injuries, like you said. Of course. And, you know, my question now is, you know, will, will Tottenham uh, recover from their um, slump? The this thing is with their slump is that um, it's not... It, I, I personally don't think it's a slump. But, um, you know, just the calibre of teams that they've played and it made it really difficult for them to even make a win. For me, look, I know I'm a Chelsea fan and this might sound a little bit biased considering Chelsea and Tottenham's history. But Tottenham at the moment, I reckon, is in a massive slump. And, and I think this all falls down to them not winning the Champions League last year. So what I reckon happened is... And Hugo Lloris said something really well after the Champions League loss, which was... I don't think we'll ever reach this part again. That's interesting. So now you have Ericsson, you have Hugo Lloris saying that, Ericsson wanting to leave. So you're saying there's a bit of doubt within the group. I reckon they're reaching a point where they're going, is Tottenham the team that I need to be at to win trophies? Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to get the sense like that as well, even with Pochettino yeah. being the coach as well. But, He's starting to have doubts. You can hear it in his voice. Yeah, like you got... Now, I'm not saying that they're going to go straight away hunting who's going to leave his job or anything like that, but you have Barcelona, for example. The coach isn't the greatest coach in the world, but and we can see that Pochettino knows how to use the youngsters, which Barcelona is good for. We know that he can control high-profile players because they've managed to keep a hold of Son, they managed to keep a hold of Kane, Eriksen, and all these players. The, the squad is undoubtedly great. They're a very good squad. They've got an amazing squad. The only issue is now is does a player like Kane say, okay, I'm going to stay at Tottenham till we win something, till you're 30, 31? Because the way it's going at the moment, you either need you either need Pep and Klopp to you know die <laughs> to be able to compete and you've got to be spending at least $200 million to fix your squad because you can see losing to Newcastle, dropping a 2-0 lead to Arsenal, who's still in the transition themselves. I don't. I, I reckon there's, there's an issue with that team regarding is this where my future should be? Yeah, uh, look, whether it's a slump, I mean, they've had four games. Two of them were tough fixtures. You know, going up against Man, Man City, last season's champions. You're going up against Arsenal, which, you know, they were out in 2-0 in front. If they hadn't lost Newcastle game 1-0, I would have I would have said, look, there's no issues. You know, they've had two hard fixtures. But losing to Newcastle, you're picking up minimum points in four games. Um, I yeah, think but, you gotta, you, but the one thing that you've got to keep in mind is against the team at Man City. Now, they versed them in the Champions League last year. But if you look at the stats for this game that just passed by, Man City had 30 shots. Tottenham had less than five. Yeah, and you and I, when we did our predictions for that week, we said that, you know, they were going to be blown out of the water. We thought Man City was going to, you know, blow, and that's what they did. And it was unfortunate that they didn't score more goals and it ended in a draw. And I think that was it. It was the fact that they didn't score more goals. That game could have easily ended up 7, 8, 2, that's right. even 9, two. It could have been embarrassing for Tottenham. Yeah. And I think they just got the, 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 the lucky bunch out of that because that was – it wasn't – a. T- 
it wasn't a team that can go for the title performance. Mm-hmm. Because when Liverpool and Man City are playing, you can clearly see that there's a difference between Man City and Liverpool and then Tottenham, Chelsea, Arsenal, Manchester United. Yeah, so it's a different league. Yeah, exactly. definitely. Like, even if you had to put it the way the top four is currently, you can say Leicester City are playing much better than Tottenham at the moment. And none of us predicted that. But... The slump, I think that there is massive doubt, especially if Ericsson leaves. Which I, w- I was just about to say, I was going to ask you guys, like, how much of an impact is Ericsson going to have on this team now that he's back? He's a massive impact. As soon as he comes on, he's the playmaker. The ball goes to him. He knows where, how Sun moves, how Kane moves, how even Lucas moves. And he knows the ball's at my feet, the ball's getting to him. You take that away, I reckon you end up with the same problem that Manchester United have. Yeah, well, when he comes off the bench, you can just see the team lifts a bit. He, you know, he gives that extra boost around all the players that he plays around with. You know, when he's on the bench, you can see Tottenham's lethargic. They don't know what to do. There's kind of no structure. Yeah. But when he comes on, he 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 calls the shots. He knows what to do. Yeah. He knows where to pull. Where he knows where to play the pass uh, to Son, to Kane, to whoever, to whoever needs to have the ball. Yeah, I, I agree with that. He he puts that stability in the midfield and the attack. It's like a general. Yeah, pretty much. So if. If he does leave, especially to another Premier League team, it, it puts a massive boost to whatever team is going to. Especially, like I just said, Manchester United, they need someone like a playmaker. And they did chase him in the summer. He didn't go. But if he does end up leaving and he does end up going to Manchester United, you would easily just say, okay, Manchester United just overtook what Tottenham can would have been. Yeah, and we talked about that, was it last week's show, when we said that Manchester United, Pogba's just not doing that, you know, that number 10 role, whatever. So it would it would be a big boost to Man U and a big loss to Tottenham. Of course, and look, I don't think any team in the world will say, no, nah, we don't need him. I mean, Ericsson, Ericsson can pretty much just go to Real Madrid and fit in. Go to Barcelona, fit in. Very easily. I reckon even if you put him in Man City, with David Silva getting older, easily fit in. So do they need him? I reckon Tottenham should do whatever they need to keep Ericsson, but I reckon a massive slump is what they're going for. Uh, since you mentioned um, Pogba Nims, um, you reckon he's going to leave Manchester United mid-season or he's going to stay and finish off the season with Manchester United? Good question, Jay. Um, personally, I think Pogba just needs to fucking settle down. Like, you can't keep... Moving teams because you're unhappy. You can't keep moving teams because you're not winning trophies. I mean, you've got the price tag on your head. You've got to start, you know, showing some results for the price tag that you've got on your head. Uh, is he doing horrendous? I don't think so. I mean, he's he. Without him, I think Manu would be a lot worse off. Uh, with the, I don't think he'll move. I think he'll he'll stay out the season. I think that he needs to stay out the season. I mean. It takes a long time to adjust to a team. I mean, he's a great player. Um, you know that adjusting for him is going to be a lot quicker for other players. But, man, you need to settle the fuck down. Stay in a team. You know, show that you're worth what you are. Nah, I don't think he's going to leave. I mean, there's only, what, three, four teams in the Premier League. or the, Sorry, in the world, I should say, that can actually afford Pogba, especially during the summer. Or, sorry, during their winter. Um, with... With Solskjaer being there, new coach, new players coming up, new methods he's trying to implement, I think he might give this year a bit of a, let me see how it goes. And maybe go to see how, if they can finish top four back into the Champions League, I think that's what's going to matter the most. That Champions, if Man you do not make Champions League, Paul Pogba's going to pretty much say, do I 
continue playing for a team that doesn't play Champions League. I agree with you over there. Um, I think that if if um, Manchester United keep playing the way they do now, and they're not within that top four by um, by mid season uh, transfer window, he'll be gone. He'll be gone by um, he'll be gone mid year. Yeah, look uh, uh, to, a, got, to a team that's playing in Champions League definitely. And there's only two three teams that's going to take him. I mean Zidane Ra- has shown Real Madrid. Yeah, Zidane, definitely take him. Zidane showed interest. He said that he wants he wanted Bale gone and Pogba come. He, he I don't think Bale has a safe future around Madrid. I don't think Zidane has hit um like make that hidden and uh, he's shown personal interest into Paul Pogba. What works in his favor? Zidane's French, so is Pogba. So there's no such thing as oh I got to adjust it. you speak to that guy like you would normally speak. So Pogba, I reckon yeah, he'll give this year right off and say let's see where we end up. If you start to struggle, maybe start looking at Europa League as your avenue way back in like the way Mourinho did. But I think he'll be sticking around till the end of the season. Yeah, I think so too. While we're on the topic of Champions League, boys, do we see Liverpool take out back-to-back Champions League or do you see another team coming up this season? It's still early to tell, to be honest. Um, I can't wait like to see towards the end of towards um, the final series again during Champions League to see how Liverpool will go. I think, I think obviously they'll make the round of 16 easily. But I don't know if we'll win it back-to-back. It's really hard to win anything back-to-back in those type of leagues. Yeah, look, the last team to do it was Zidane with Real Madrid. And we've touched on this before, which is um, I don't think it was Zidane. I think it was Ronaldo that did all that. Um, Liverpool going back-to-back, I think the benchmark for them, I think the way that they're playing, the way that their team has been structured, I think they should be able to make semifinals. And then it will fall to what team do they get? Now, last year they lost 3-0 at, at New Camp to Barcelona and everyone said, okay, back to the drawing board. Then what happened? To be honest, they didn't really say back to the drawing board. We played very well that game. The only thing, you know, when we lost 3-0, everyone just went, what happened? You know? Yeah, uh, exactly. We played so well. How did we lose 3-0? I don't understand. Don't worry, we got this. Come to Enfield and we got this. And that's exactly what happened. There's only, I think there's only one supporter that I know of that actually said that. Uh, not not naming anyone, but I think it's uh, Ohms. <laughs> look, at, if you look if you look if you look back at that game, it was it was mistake. It was another mistake, and then it was Messi with one of the free kicks for the ages. That's what it was. Oh, it was a beautiful free kick. It, it was, like, you can be a Liverpool fan. You can be anyone. The keeper had no chance. The, the keep, had no idea. That's right. That was, that's as pigeon as you're going to get it. Yeah. Simple as that. Liverpool taking it back to back, I don't know. Um, I reckon they are a strong possibility. With the transfers that Real Madrid has had, I think it's going to fall to if they can gel because they're not doing so at the moment. Um, Messi, does, does he come back and say, let's have another go? I don't know. I don't think um, I don't think PSG will do it with the internal problems that they're having. So I would say Liverpool would easily be in my top two, top three predictions to see if they're going to take it back to back or not. Yeah, uh, I'm going to agree with Jay with what he said at the start. I think it's too early, but following the the major leagues, a lot of the big teams this year haven't started off so great, and um, a team like a surprise team like Ajax last season might knock out some of these big clubs early in the competition, um, but. I think Liverpool's got a great chance going back-to-back. They show that they can handle pressure. I mean, you lose 3-0, and then to have to win it 4-0 at home, you know, it shows a lot of guts. 
shows that's, a that's lot. That's for you. Exactly. So th- th- I'm not going to say Liverpool's not going to win it. It's not going to be easy. But I just think that a lot of these big teams with the issues that they're having this season, uh, maybe it'll be surprising to see them not go as far as we predicted. All right. So speaking of issues now, there was a big one within the transfer season, which was Neymar. Now, mm. Neymar did pretty much say, I'm going to Barcelona. I'm leaving PSG and I want to go to Barcelona. I've had I've had enough at PSG. Now the issue with Neymar is is he worth the price tag that everyone's asking? Because from the rumors that were out was Barcelona offered nearly a hundred million euros plus four players of PSG's choice. Well, so is he is he really worth that price tag? He's worth a hundred million and like one player. <laughs> not not four players on top. I feel like he is a game changer, though. Imagine having him in your squad. I'll have him in my squad any day. Oh, look, I, you you can't say that he doesn't have talent. You can't say that when you chuck and him you into it. You can't say that, you, that he relies on other players. No, he doesn't. He could take on a whole team on his own. Yeah, pretty much. But for me, it's more, okay, He's he's got a big price tag on him. PSG paid, what, 200 nearly 250 million whatever it was it's around that mark they have the money to spend but for him to do that we also need to keep in mind not just the price tag as well but the attitude correct the ego and what's coming with that player i was just about to say that i mean like with neymar when everything's going good it's fantastic right and we saw this sort of in the world cup in the last world cup when things aren't going his way He's spending fucking half a game rolling on the floor, throwing tantrums. Like he, he comes with a massive amount of responsibility. Uh, sort of like Balotelli. I mean, if you have a coach that can handle that, if you've got a team that can, you know, um, put up with it, sort of like Jagne for Galatasaray, in the end, the players just couldn't deal with it anymore. And you could see it on the field. Um, in my, like, if I had to have a choice, and I know this wasn't the question, Mbappe or Neymar, I take Mbappe. Um, Neymar for me just comes with too much baggage. Oh, look, you can see, you can clearly see the baggage. Uh, the PSG coach clearly stated that he will not play Neymar until this issue has been sorted and hasn't played in the opening season for the League One. Look, you look at a player like Mbappe. The guy's still young, and look at the way he, um, you know, walks around with like he, just his personality. Everything is just a gentleman on and off the field. Plays like a gentleman. And he's, you know, and he's just, I don't know, I think sometimes Neymar could look up to a person like that and be like, how can I be more like that? And I think that's what the issue is. Neymar doesn't want to look up to someone like that because Neymar is, in his eyes, I'm better. I'm the best. Oh, definitely. I don't know if you guys saw, but he's been hanging out with the Brazilian basketball team. He shot like a very simple shot. And the way he was, he lifted his arms up in celebration like, I am a king. Like... It's he's not gonna look down. He's not gonna look at Mbappe for for inspiration to, you know, fix his his attitude or his his character. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think what this is just my personal opinion. I think what's really gotten to Neymar is Mbappe not only turned out to be a great player, scoring all the goals, but he's a World Cup winner. And I think that sort of yeah. got to Neymar, which is now this kid, he's, what, 20 years old? You know, there's always memes on Facebook. He's always said that he's still 16. He's won every personal achievement except the Ballon d'Or, to be honest. Exactly. And a couple of other big achievements. He's going to, if he stays at PSG, League One is, is, is almost guaranteed. Um, the, look, the way they're spending money, 
is the Champions League around the corner? Maybe, but World Cup, he's, he's got it in the bag. So, and you got Euros coming up. The French isn't exactly a pushover squad. They've got one of the best squads in the world. You can say maybe they are contenders for Euro as well. Is Brazil just walked away with the Copa America, which he wasn't part of. So does that show that having Neymar outside your team is the best outcome? Uh, yeah, like him being left out of the Copa America team and then winning the trophy, that probably hurts his ego so bad. You know, he probably wakes up going, damn, I didn't even do that. And th- that... Also, they, they want it with uh, Rickolson in the team. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> you also need to keep in mind is if he was in the team, are they going to win it? Yeah. Because they went to other comps. The Copa America's on every year now and he's been part of it. They haven't won it. Yeah. He's out of the team. They win it. It's a team sport for a reason, Fats. You've got 11 players. You've got a player like Neymar. Look, if I played with him, I'd want to fucking knock him out. You know what I mean? You're throwing players off. You don't win World Cups or Copa Americas rolling around on the floor, chucking tantrums, causing problems in the squad. Um, so, yeah, like, you're probably better off not having him in the squad, as they said, uh, as they did. But nonetheless, I do feel like he's a, he's a, you know, he's a great player. You know, he's a gun player. And, you know, when he, won the, when he won the Olympic gold medal for Brazil, I had a little tear, to be honest. But, yeah. You know, not being a little cat about I f- it. <laughs> I thought you'd be an Argentinian supporter. Nah, no way. I'm always a Brazilian man. <laughs> look, um, at the end of the day, look, by my opinion, I think whatever team he goes to, there's a lot of baggage to come with it, whether it hits your bank account or whether it hits the ego of your team. Um, is he worth that price tag? In my opinion, no. Um, but another side question to this is you got Messi and Ronaldo. And I'm glad that this is going to the topic. It, it seems like you guys have read my question. Sorry, Fats. <laughs> you got look. You do have Messi and Ronaldo. Is is Neymar third? Is he is he the one straight after the? As soon as because look, we got Messi and Ronaldo. In in five six years, these guys look like they've done. As in retiring from. I wouldn't from even football. give them that long. I wouldn't even give them like <laughs> Ronaldo. What thirty four now? Yeah, but he's got the physical condition of an eighteen-year-old at the moment. The way it looks like it, yeah. and Messi, look, he's two, three years younger than Ronaldo. So, look, but what it, you're seeing is these injuries for them are taking longer and longer to recover from. I oh, mean, you can be really fit, but when you're out for half a season because of an injury that you would have got over, you know, three times, four times quicker when you're young, it's going to start to be like, okay. How much are we paying this guy and how many games are we getting out of him? Well, look, at, at the end of the day, they will have to retire at one stage. So whether they're 40 years old and not playing La Liga, not playing Serie A and they're in the MLS or they come to the A-League, no, I doubt it, but they come to the A-League or some other lower division, are there going to be other upcomers that are going to be not as good as them? I don't. I think these two are... A once in Unique, a generation yeah. sort of thing. Not even I reckon the tens of generations is is the next player that we look at going. Okay, that's the benchmark as Neymar, or uh, or do we look at Mbappe, or do we look at? I would look at Felix. You want you reckon Felix? Uh, look, if I had to put my money on anybody, it'd be Felix because you you've you've gotten the attention of all these clubs at such a young age and um, a heavy price tag. Yeah, definitely. And and if you can, you know, if if you can. Walk the walk, um, then I think that if I had to put money on whoever the next Messi is, I'd put it on Felix instead of Neymar. It's two different types of players though, because De- you got Felix as more of a, a striker, while Messi seems more of a. Uh, I reckon the easy way to is like Messi? a is a wiz, is a wizard. 
It's pretty much that's what he is. He knows whether to shoot. He knows whether to pass. He knows when to run back. He know he can just see things that are different. This kid's only eighteen, but he's got the perfect guidance if you think about it. He plays for the Portuguese national team. You got Ronaldo, mm-hmm. and he's got a coach like Diego Simeone, which is an absolute amazing coach. Knows how to bring up youngsters. Knows how to bring up team chemistry. And knows you got to think of it like this: if he can control Diego Costa. He's controlling this kid's future to make him one of the best players in the world. Mm-hmm. So I reckon, yeah. Look, Felix could be up there. Felix Detzek could be up there. Whether it's it's whether we just give him a bit more time, maybe two, three years, see how he goes in the Champions League against bigger teams, because this is his first proper season in La Liga for a big team like Atletico Madrid. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you have a good point with Felix. Yeah, and and as you said, they're different players, but I think the world's best aren't always your Ronaldo's and your Messi's. You know, you look back 10, 15 years ago when Ronaldinho was playing, very different playing style to how Messi and, you know, Ronaldo play. So, um, in my opinion, at the time, he was, you know, a legend. He was greatest player on earth. Um so we'll have to wait and see how Felix goes. Yeah, there were players during our time which were injured. Like you have Ronaldinho, you have Pato. Pato was showing to be the next R9 here. And even you have Ronaldo himself, the original Brazilian mm-hmm. Ronaldo. Yep. King of football almost. And what happened? The knee One, injuries got in the way. That's right, the knee injury. Then the weight problems. Then another injury. Then another injury. But you can clearly see that when he was playing for the World Cup, of the one that Brazil won in 2002, he controlled that team. Whether it was give him the ball, I've got the speed and I've got the technique, I'm putting the ball in there. That's it, give him early ball and let him do his thing. Ex- exactly right. There was no one better than him. Yeah, there wasn't. R- R9 was the poster guy. The, he was in every boy's room. He was on every ad. We remember the the, um, the Elvis song when they had the cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing song, an amazing. Um, well, even the commercial with um, it was the Portuguese national team and the Brazilian national team. Is that the and one they were playing under the stadium and stuff? Under the stadium, yeah. and, they, and then uh, Ibrahimovic was involved, and everyone was involved. That was a great commercial. To be and honest. as soon as his face went up on there, everyone. Oh went, man, I was frosting. R nine, great. The, the funny thing is, my background being a teacher, you, you talk to these these young kids. JJ just had a spill, but um, uh, I was talking to these young kids, and they they constantly talk about who do you think is the best player of all time, and it wasn't like Ronaldo, Messi. Definitely, they were talking about them, but it was his name was Fat Ronaldo. Do you think Cristiano Ronaldo is better or the fat Ronaldo? So 2002, because he was, you know, overweight, he, he, the image just stuck with kids who've never actually seen him play. He, he's, that's how big he was, even when he was fat. Look, well, now we've got YouTube. All the kids have to do is type in Ronaldo number nine and see how he played. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there were times when he was ripping it for Inter. This was long before his World Cup campaign, so he was the one that brought over the stepovers right, and running around it. keepers. And Fat Ronaldo even had it. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> Fat Ronaldo even had it. So, yeah, look, at the end of the day, we, we will have generations go past. We will have times where we go, okay, Messi and Ronaldo is gone. Who's the next player? In, 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 look, you, I reckon you slowly turn me. I reckon Felix might be working his way up to that. Uh, while, while we're on the topic of this classic question, boys, um, it's you know getting towards the end of their careers, and I had this down on my paper. It's like I said, you guys are like leading into my questions right now, <laughs> but I'm going to ask you guys: Ronaldo or Messi, and why? You, you, oh, <laughs> you, you, Jaylen, you okay. go with this one. Okay, I hate this question only because you have to appreciate both talents, both different types of, um, both different styles of play. One plays really selfish, 
but very great. When I mean selfish, he wants to win it for the team. He wants to win it for himself. He wants that big accolades. You know, the big boy. He's the big man on um in you know in the, at the park. You know, if it's not his way, he's gonna take the ball across and go home. He's that type of player. Whereas Messi, on the other hand, he just zigzag, zigzag straight through a player, bang, pass goal. You know, two different styles. I'll, I appreciate both, and I'm not gonna choose two because I love both. Oh, look, I'm, I'm sort of leaning towards Jehun's answer as well. For me, it was always a matter of, okay, 2008-2009 season, who was the best player? Okay, say it was Messi. Then the next year, Ronaldo. Then the next year, Messi. Then two years, Messi. Then two years, Ronaldo. I don't think it was ever a, okay, Messi has completely dominated Ronaldo over the last 15 years. Okay, the, you can have sort of a similar conversation with Roger Federer and Nadal. Okay, who was the best? Nadal won more trophies over his period. Okay, but then you look at the styles of play. Ronaldo was more, okay, you can rely on him if you need him to be more physical. Messi wasn't like that. Then you look at Messi and go, okay, agility, weaving between players. We always get compared with that goal that was similar to Maradona. They look exactly identical. See, Ronaldo even at his peak, wouldn't be able to achieve that because that wasn't his style of play. Now, Ronaldo was the type where I'm going to destroy the defense in front of me with my technique, bring it to my right foot, and I'm going to smash it in from wherever it goes. While Messi was more along the lines of, I'm going to keep this ball at my feet and I'm going to make sure all 10 players are looking back while I score a goal. Yeah, that's right. Like Two different styles. We've got to appreciate, appreciate both styles. Um, I hate that... Um, I hate the, the the Messi haters. I hate the, the Cristiano Ronaldo haters. When you know when these guys, the people that hate, are the ones that barely even played football. Oh yeah, you know? 100%. So they can't even judge a player. Uh, they can't even say, oh, this person. I hate this player because of this. I hate this player because of that. That player is better, whatnot. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. I feel like you should appreciate all the talent that's there because that's great, great entertainment. I love watching both of them. Exactly. I mean, we had say. 10, 15 years ago, you would have had Zidane and Ronaldinho at the time. We didn't have this problem. The two of the best players on earth. And we were just like, you know what? I'm going to sit back and I'm going to watch these two play. And watching Zidane, I'd, I, I'm not too sure. I don't think Ronaldinho was in the 2006 game. But when you watch Zidane's highlights in that game for a man that was aging out, he was controlling youngsters. Young, destroying youngsters in the Brazilian team as well. So we we just need to sit back and go, you know what? This is Messi and Ronaldo. We got to watch them. We got to watch them not only not only in the Classico, not only Real Madrid versus Barcelona, but at one stage they versed each other in the Champions League final. Yep. We had them in the, yep. in the I think it was 2008 final, yep. Barcelona menu. Barcelona did walk away with a 2-0. Yep. Messi was the better man. He scored that jumping, leaping header with his boot coming off. I still remember watching that goal. But we didn't leave that and go, okay, I watched that and go, okay, Messi's the greatest of all time. I'm going to hate Ronaldo. Right. I'm going to go, you know what? Watch them come ne- back next yep. year. Watch Ronaldo what he does next year. Went to Real Madrid. And then left there with what? Four Champions Leagues? Yep. So Something like th- that. There's your argument there. I just, you want- yeah, I just go, hey, you know what? God, thank you for putting them on earth. Yeah, pretty much. We, we, we got the ability to go, not only, not only do we have the ability, like we also don't comprehend this, but when it was Pele and Maradona, okay, you had two of the best, amazing footballers of all time, still considered to this day as an argument for Messi and Ronaldo. But not everyone had the opportunity to go, okay, I'm going to turn my TV on and watch Messi. Oh, sorry, watch Maradona. 
I'm going to have to turn my TV on and watch Pele. You had to physically go there or you had to wait for a slight clip to show up in your news. We didn't have the ability to put it on our phones and go, wow, I'm watching Ronaldo at his best or I'm watching Messi at his best. So I don't think there's a best. I think we've just, there has been, one has been better than the other in certain seasons, but I don't think it's been standout to the point where I can go, okay, you're the better player. Damn you fence sitters. <laughs> Big time fence sitters. Oh, look, you know every, me, every, I'll yeah. give my opinion when it's yeah. due, but sometimes you just got to go, okay, I don't have the answer here. Yeah, But if you, if you said to me, Cristiano Ronaldo Messi or a Brazilian Ronaldo and Zidane, I'll go Brazilian Ronaldo and Zidane. Yeah, exactly. All right, now, I don't know if you guys saw it, but I'm pretty sure as football fans, you you did see this. There was a hell of a welcoming in Turkey regarding a, a specific player. 25,000 fans. Exactly, and we're God talking damn. about Falcao arriving at Galatasaray finally because I know that it was a very, very lengthy process. Rumors after rumors. Rumors after rumors, plane tickets after plane tickets, but it ended up there and 25,000 people, not only in a stadium, but in an, airport. in an airport. I don't think you see that many times around the world. The only time that I saw something even roughly similar to the excitement was when Ronaldo first went to Real Madrid, 80,000 sold out at the Santiago Bernabeu. So my question is, Falcao, what do you reckon? Is he gonna? Is he going to be... Galatasaray saviour this year from an attacking point of view. Oh, I find it funny, uh, Fats, that you asked me if we we noticed <laughs> a, a, a player the caliber of Falcao coming to Turkey. I mean, I haven't slept in the last two and a half months. The old Tigre. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's, there's this phenomenon going around now on social media, and Falcao's joined it actually. So during the rumours of Falcao coming, no, he's not coming, or Monaco don't want to sell him anymore. Um. The Galatasaray social media pages were like writing last minute and they were putting up news that was not related to Falcao. So all these fans were writing things like, Scum. oh, admin, I thought Falcao came, right? So Falcao now on every single Galatasaray post I think that they've done on their Instagram page, Falcao has replied, oh, admin, I thought Falcao's coming. So he's joined in a bit of a fun. Um, look, you've got a player of his caliber, you know, and he's he's fast, he's quick, he's just what Galatasaray needs. Um, whether the midfield, the transfers that have been made into the midfield are able to supply this guy with the balls that he needs. Um, because I don't see Falcao comparing to Messi or Ronaldo creating his own chances. Oh, of course, yeah, definitely. Um, so he, he needs to be fed these balls. Yeah. If As long as these balls are fed to him... I think he's going to have a great year as long as he can stay away from these injuries. Yeah, I think I think Fuguli and Belhanda will give him good balls. Yeah, uh, look, <laughs> coming back on Ohms, he doesn't really rate Belhanda. I know um, he doesn't, oh, but he's, he's still quality. <laughs> look, all I have to say is watch one of the games where Belhanda doesn't play. I mean, exactly. there's no balls moving from you know the the defense to the midfield to the midfield to the striker. Yeah. He does do dumb passes. Oh, of course, he takes risks, but those risks pay off. Yeah. Um, so as long as we can get those balls to Falcao in the front, yeah. I think you know maybe even um, 
golden boot this season for him. Yeah, and then, you know what? He's a good-looking player too. Uh, he'll charisma. Some, charisma. He's got that charisma. He'll, he'll sell some jerseys, that's for sure. <laughs> Look, you I'm, know, he I'm, might get us out of debt for once. <laughs> I don't know about, what, what is it, the one, $1.4 billion I in think we could sell that many jerseys. <laughs> I'll buy them. <laughs> Look, I'll, I'll buy 10 myself. I mean, um, but in saying that, Galatasaray has also made some really good transfers to the yep. midfield. You know, a few players coming from the EPL. It's funny because Fats and I were talking about this a few weeks ago and we said loans need to be made from the EPL. These young yeah, guys definitely. haven't proven themselves. Um, I think giving them a go, I think one of the players we got scored, We got two players on loan from the EPL, right? Uh, well, three, I think. Because we've got Andone and we've yeah, got Andone and Lim, Lamina. Lamel? I think. Not, not Lamela. <laughs> so bad that we don't have these names. But um, there's, I think there's three name. players from, <laughs> from the EPL. Um so, yeah, it should be exciting to watch Falcao play. And yeah, I can't wait. I'm excited. Well, what do you think? Garcia take out three back-to-back championships? I think so. You think so? I think so, so yeah. I don't um, see any other team doing it. Well, Fenerbahce has started off really strong. Oh, you know what? They'll, they'll come third, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Who are we squeezing in there? Like, <laughs> I was squeezing Besiktas in close second or, or Basakshir. <laughs> well, it's funny. You say I've got my doubts about Besiktas this season. They haven't really made those star transfers. They've oh, lost here's a, charisma. Here's a, here's a thing. Yeah, charisma. So... If you if all these big clubs knew that Quaresma was gonna leave or go or he had some problems with Besiktas, wouldn't you think they would sweep on that? I, I think they would. Um, I mean, Babel played fantastic for Besiktas a couple yeah. of seasons ago. Garcia jumped straight he on him. He played good for Fulham. Yeah, that's right. So I think, looking from a Garcia perspective, I'd love to see I'd love to see him playing at Garcia. Yeah. I don't know, like. Yeah, out of all teams, Kassim Pasha getting him—it's it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. He just went next door just to burn him, I reckon. <laughs> oh, look for Quaresma. You also need to keep this in mind. It's did he love Besiktas that much that he wouldn't go to Galatasaray? He wouldn't go to Fenerbahce. So, is there a, such a loyalty thing they're going for him at Besiktas? That's uh, what I mean. I think that he loves the fans that much there that he didn't go to any other club. He went to Kassim Pasha, where he you know he could burn Besiktas by versing them, <laughs> beating him over there, and be like, "Hey, suck shit. This is what you're missing out on." It, 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 it's definitely going to be good to see. But I mean, he's had two spills at Besiktas, so there's got to be some sort of you know love for the fans there. He was. Oh yeah, they love him there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, it's it's definitely brought in some colour. Fenerbahce has got Luis Gustavo. Yeah, so, he's, um, he's got his quality. His quality. Quality. And I think just when we were thinking, well, Ohms was saying that Turkish league is dead. <laughs> um, we, we've got some fresh blood injected, and um, and Skir- Skirtle's back. Yeah, <laughs> Damn he went Skirtle. somewhere for like a few weeks, and went, you know what? I'm missing Turkey's summer. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think Falcao will do stuff here just to answer your question. Vax. I feel like Istanbul Basak they they get a lot of the quality players that leave these big clubs and they all go I'm never going to play for any other club but it's that club and then they all come back and they all go to Bashak Shed <laughs> <laughs> it's like the retirement village it's the there. retirement village but of Istanbul football there's only one player in Turkey that doesn't retire Emre Belezor the guy's going to be 55 and still kicking balls <laughs> he's our Maldini <laughs> <laughs> you never know he might come to the A-League somehow um, he is continuing to play up until what he's 67 years old now <laughs> yeah well, he's, he's, he's only a few years off that's <laughs> So that's it from us. Yeah, that's um, that's a wrap for episode seven. Um, it's always been a pleasure talking football with you, Fats. Always uh, a pleasure. And a big thank you to Jehun who came on as our first guest. Um, just a shout out for him. You can find Jehun on 
Instagram. Um, it's probably a good idea to start following him. They are starting their own podcast uh, very shortly. Um, there is a project in the making. So to find Jihoon, you'd be uh, his tag on Instagram is Jihoon. So it's C E Y H U N underscore Doro D O G R U. So follow his space. Um, there should be stuff coming out about his podcast soon. Yeah, we'll add a link into our description for his Instagram plus our competition and you know where to follow us and like us. So that's a wrap from us. Yeah, and uh, until Tuesday, uh, stay offside, guys. Thank you very much for listening.